are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. Amen. I was so excited about the message, I jumped ahead there. So uh, I was talking about Tony Campola, and he wrote a book called uh, Who, Who Switched the Price Tags? I think it was something like that. And it, the premise of this book is that he says it's, it, it's kind of like the enemy goes into a department store one night, and he switches the price tags around on everything. The things that have great value, diamonds, jewelry, gold, cars, he switches that for, for cheap, like dollar, 10 cents, 50 cents. And all the things that are, are not of value, plastic cutlery, spatulas, all that kind of stuff. He puts the $1,000 price tag on it. The store opens and people go crazy trying to buy the plastic forks because they realize the value of plastic forks. And he says, you know what? What this is like is this is the Christian church. When all of a sudden we, 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 we wake up one morning and we decide that something is valuable and we work hard to go after that one thing and the Lord is like, that is not what I've declared valuable. But yet we, we, we work hard and we run after these dreams and these promises that are not from the Lord and it's kind of like all of a sudden we get let down and we, we feel, that, we feel that, uh, uh, that, that the Lord has let us down but God is like, I never made that valuable in your life. I remember as a kid, I grew up in uh, Bolton, Ontario, and I lived in the same house for 20 years, and I knew all my neighbors. In fact, it blew my wife away when my wife came in and visited uh, my family for the first time. I took her up to, to uh, the, uh, the, 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 the little convenience store up there, and Nam is the owner of the convenience store. And Nam said, oh, I remember your, your, your boyfriend, your fiancé. He used to come and play video games here when he was a little boy. And then Cindy's like, really? I'm like, yeah. Nam had the best video games. We'd always come up here and play. Then I went over to the bank. I had to do the bank. And Mrs. Daniels was in the bank. And she's like, oh, Lance, it's been years. How are you doing? I said, I'm doing really good, Miss Daniels. How's Lisa, her daughter? She's doing good. She says, I remember Lance. He, was, he opened up his first savings account with me when he was like six years old. And Cindy's like, this is like weird. But see, one of the blessings of growing up in, in, in a neighborhood like that where everybody knows everything and, and as, as a kind of a rascally kid is I couldn't get away with nothing. See, if I was away from mom and dad and away from their sight line down the road and I started getting into mischief, it would be quite often that a neighbor would come up and grab me by the ear or just kind of give me a cuff in the back of the head and say, you know what, Lance, that's unacceptable. That's it. I'm taking you to your mother and just kind of pull me, pull me home and be like, oh, no, don't bring me home. Like, you've already smacked me. Don't let me go home because I know when I go home, I'm going to get it again. Times are changed. Those times are gone. Society has changed. Things have changed. Yet I wonder if we've lost something. Have we lost in our society the value of honor? Have we lost the importance of honoring? For I see more and more that we dishonor honor and we honor dishonor. Here at Cold Lake Community Church, this family practices honor. 
You know, for the longest time, I've, I've said to you, 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 you people who have been here for a long time, I've said, you know what, when, when I was in Calgary, quite often when we'd bring in a guest speaker, the senior pastor would say, let's give them a Calgary welcome. And, and the whole congregation knew that that was their cue, and they'd go, yeah! And the speaker would go like, oh, cool. It's good to be in Calgary. And I thought, you know, for the longest time, like, let's, let's give them a cold lake welcome. What would that look like? And, and I would kind of picture that. Okay, everybody, you know what, let's just welcome this speaker. They've flown a long way. They drove all the way from Edmonton to be able to come here today to give us a message. Let's give them a cold lake welcome. It's kind of like, what is that? Like, it just doesn't have the same appeal. So as I was working on this message, I, I really sensed that, you know, quite often when you bring in these large speakers and stuff, one of the questions that they ask you on the form is, how far is it away from the closest international airport? And when it's three hours, you're like, forget it. You know, i got to fly six hours to get there, then i got to drive three hours just to be able to be at the venue, and then boom, i got to preach and i got to get back because i got to be speaking on Monday in China. And it's like, how is that possible? So I thought, you know what, Lord, how can we do a cold lake welcome? And the Holy Spirit, I believe, really spoke to me and says, you know what, Lance? He says, here at your church, family is a place where families come together. Family is Christ-centered, spirit-led. Family is love, and family is honoring. We honored Effie and Hayward two weeks ago for pastoring here for 10 years. Honoring is one of the foundation of who we are. How can we honor people? How can we honor guests? I thought, you know what, my friends, the next time I say, let's give so-and-so, let's welcome so-and-so and give them a cold lake welcome, let us stand to our feet, give them a standing ovation, applaud, and just say, you know what, we appreciate you. We are so excited about the word that you've got, and you've come all the way here to share it with us, and we are eager to hear what the Holy Spirit has placed upon your heart. Amen? Amen. And then what happens is all of a sudden I say, let's give them a cold lake welcome. It's just like, it's like you know what, speaker, I'm sorry. You're going to have to sit down. We're going to try that again. Let's give them a cold lake welcome. For honor is something that we value. Honor starts with our very core, where we challenge ourselves by asking tough questions. Do you dishonor honor and honor dishonor? Are you ready for some tough questions this morning? I guess you're not. In our marriages, do we refer to our spouse as the old ball and chain, the old lady or the warden? See, the Bible tells us to give honor where honor is due. So then what is honor? Personal integrity, great respect, regard, esteem, high or a noble rank, a privilege or a pleasure. It's an honor to be able to serve you. I love this. A woman's virtue or chastity. You know what? Dads, how do you want your daughters treated? I tell you, that's why I bought guns. (laughs) I want my daughters treated as women of God. But if we don't model that, if we don't make that our personal core, then why would we expect anybody to treat our kids any differently? See, our kids have to know that when all of a sudden a boy starts to disrespect them or a girl starts to treat them poorly, that's kind of like, you know what? 
I'm not even looking this way because you know what? This is not honor, and honor is something that's very dear to my heart. My son this morning was upset with one of his sisters, and he hauled off and smacked her. And it upset me as a dad. And I got to sit down with my son and say, son, what you did this morning was absolutely wrong. And in this house, we honor one another, and you did not honor your sister. I said, have you ever seen me hit your mother? He says, never, Dad. I said, exactly. Why? Because I honor her. And I said, son, not only is she your sister, but she's a girl, and boys don't hit girls. See, if I can start molding him at six years old, and imparting honor deep into his spirit. If I start modeling, you know what, son? We need to open up the door for people, and we need to, we need to be men. Then I'm going to see a son who's going to choose a great wife, and I'm going to see a son who respects and loves women. But I need to model it. Honor to pay homage to, to hold in respect or esteem, to show courtesy behavior towards, to worship. The Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. When we understand that God is God and that reverence fills our hearts, that is when we realize that he is worthy of honor and praise. Yet in a culture and a society, it truly is counterculture to hold high honor where we've been taught to look out for number one. You know what? Pretty much every single year, we as a church get hit in the back with graffiti and this kind of stuff. And guess what? We got hit last week again. And Hemel's got hit. I'm getting sick and tired of this. We went and cleaned up all the neighbors' yards because all their yards got hit a few years ago. What happened to honor? What happened to honor that says, you know what? Maybe I'm, a, maybe I'm a rascal, but that's a church. That represents God. That represents the community. It's gone. But my friends, I believe that it can change. I believe that it can come back, but it's something that we have to cherish. It's something that we have to fight for. I remember when I was a young adult, and I was with my sister, and we were whether it was Toronto or Edmonton or some city, we were on some kind of a transit system, subway, bus, I don't remember. And I was talking to Nadine, and all of a sudden an elderly lady came in, and I, and I, and I saw her come in, and I got up and I, gave, got up and I gave her my seat, and I continued talking with my sister, and she got off at about four stops, and I went, sat down with my sister. Then the next stop, a young mom came in, and you know, she was probably around 24, 25, but she had a, a little girl with her, so I gave up my seat, and she took the seat and put the little girl on her, on her lap, and then she got off, and then uh, I sat down again, and then the very next stop, an older gentleman came in, and I got up, and I gave him my seat, and my sister laughed at me. She mocked me. She says, uh, why don't you just stay standing? Why sit down? Because you know next time someone else is going to sit in your seat. I turned to her. I said, why am I the only one on the bus giving up my seat? Honor. It's not rocket science. It's valuing people. It's esteeming people. It's looking for opportunities to be a blessing. 
Proverbs 29, 23 says, pride ends in humiliation while humility brings honor. And I tell you, the kingdom of God is truly based on upside-down principles. Let's look at the life of Saul. The people were wanting to be like other nations. They no longer wanted God to be their king, but they wanted a king to rule them. So God raised up Saul to step in that place to lead the nation of Israel. He was a kingly man, for he stood head and shoulders above the rest. Perfect. Yet he didn't value honor. Let's read 1 Samuel 15, starting in 24. Then Saul admitted to Samuel, yes, I have sinned. I have disobeyed your instructions in the Lord's command, for I was afraid of the people and did what they demanded. But now, please forgive my sin. Come back so that I may worship the Lord. But Samuel replied, I will, no, I will not go back with you since you have rejected the Lord's commandment. He rejected you as king of Israel. As Samuel turned to go, Saul tried to hold him back and tore the hem of his robe. And Samuel said to him, the Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you today and has given it to someone else, one who is better than you. And he who is the glory of Israel will not lie, nor will he change his mind, for he is not human that he should ch uh, change his mind. Then Saul pleaded again, I know I've sinned, but please at least honor me before the elders of my people and before Israel by coming back with me so that I may worship the Lord your God. So Samuel finally agreed and went back with him, and Saul worshiped the Lord. You see, this shows what Saul's heart condition was like. In verse 30 there, he sits there and he says, you know what? Please come back with me. Stand with me before the people. Don't let me as king be humiliated before the people. I don't want the people to know that I screwed up. Stand with me. Yes, yes, I've sinned, but honor me. See, that is the heart that is not a heart of forgiveness. It's not the heart of, oh my goodness, I don't care what the people think, I have wronged my Lord. And then, there's David. And him on the other, David on the other hand, man, David's father didn't even go out and get him when Samuel said to him, go out and bring forth your sons because I'm going to anoint one as king. His own dad left him in the field because he wasn't worthy to stand with the other sons. And then when Samuel walks out there and says, is this all the sons you have? He goes, oh, there's one more, but he's out tending sheep. He says, go get him. We're not even going to sit down until, we until he comes here and we anoint him as the next king. His own father didn't anoint him. His own father didn't celebrate with him. His own father didn't even feel that he had the, the attributes of the king uh, of, of a king. Why? Because he was some little runt, some little shepherd boy who all he knew was sheep. But you know what else he knew? Spending time in the presence of God. David in his life has two opportunities to be able to kill Saul. And who can blame him? Saul was after him. He was out to kill him. He sent uh, uh, troops of his 3,000 of his elite soldiers to go and wipe him out. David was hiding, living in caves. You know what? The Lord says, you're going to be the next king, and then the king gets so upset that he's going to wipe you out. Thanks for the gift, God. And then all of a sudden, he has an opportunity to be able to end the oppression that he has faced. It's found in Samuel 24, starting in verse 1. After Saul 
returned from fighting the Philistines, he was told that David had gone in the wilderness. So Saul chose 3,000 elite troops from Israel and went to search for David and his men near the rocks where the wild goats were. At that place where the road, uh, uh, at that place where the road passes some sheepfolds, Saul went into a cave to relieve himself. But as it happened, David and his men were hiding farther back in the cave. Now is your opportunity, David, his men whispered. Today the Lord is telling you, I will certainly put your enemy into your power to do with as you wish. So David crept forward, cut off a piece of he- uh, the hem of Saul's robe. But then David's conscience began bothering him because he cut Saul's robe. The Lord knows I shouldn't have done that to my Lord the king. He said to his men, the Lord forbid that I should do this to my Lord the king and attack the Lord's anointed one. For the Lord himself has chosen. So David restrained his men and did not let them kill Saul. There's two opportunities that he had. That was the first See, the kingdom of God truly is based on an upside-down kingdom. Things that in the natural just don't make sense. The last shall be first and the first shall be last. What in the world does that mean? Everybody knows that the first is first. But yet God is saying, you know what? Do you want me to promote you? Do you want to fulfill the dreams and the desires that God has placed in your heart? then you need to be found an honorable person. Because if you don't honor honor, how can God promote you? How can God release you to step into the bigger things if we're not found faithful with the small things? Does honor reign in your home? See, the Lord has come a long way in my life. And I truly thank God for a godly wife Man, Cindy, she keeps me so level. And I remember a time where, you know what, I've shared with you guys, anger has been a thing in my life where it's just kind of like the pop top, the, the pop goes, and, and it's just kind of like, oh, man, and, and I get upset and, and this kind of thing. And, and you know what, praise the Lord. Like God is, is do, doing so much amazing things with that in my life and taking this away and giving me opportunities to be able to choose the high road. But I remember one time I, I, was, I was asked to go to this one camp and be a speaker from Calgary. So we drove a long way. And we went to this camp, and I agreed to doing the youth camp at this camp. And you know what? In Calgary, they gave us two weeks a year that we could go out and preach other places. And I said yes to this one week in the camp. So and as we went out there, they, they, they greeted us at the thing, and they said, you know what? Uh, you're our speaker. We're so glad that you could come. I said, thanks. It's great to be here. They said, here's the keys to your cabin. You're staying in the speaker's cabin, which is just up the road here on the left-hand side. I'm like, great. We're going to go and get settled in. And what time service? And gave us all the details. It's like, okay, no problem. And my wife and I, we, we, we went up to our cabin, and we opened up the cabin, and on the floor was just thousands of bugs. And I'm like, that's gross. So we grab a broom, and there's a broom there, and we just kind of start sweeping. They're, they're dead bugs, just, you know, they're dead, and we're sweeping them all up. But there's just like thousands of flies and centipedes and all that kind of stuff, and we're, we're all sweeping them up. And we get to go in the bed, and the bed's all messy, and it's, it's, all, it's all like twisted and all this kind of stuff. And we look at the sheets, and the sheets are soiled. It's like, how, how can we sleep here? It had a little shower in the off room, and sewage was coming up from the shower. 
The towels that were hanging there for us to use were, were obviously filthy. They were dirty. It's like, you know what? You call us up to be here with you and, and, and the, the room is, is a disaster? Like, this is disgusting. I said, get in the car, baby. We're going home. She's like, well, you got to preach 11 times. I said, forget it. I'm not preaching once. We're out of here. She's like, honey, 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 you know what? Just don't get so upset. I'm mad now. I'm like, you know what, you, you, you invite me and my, my family in here and you give us a pigsty? Like, come on, I'm not expecting the Ritz-Carlton. I, like, I, I've gone on mission trips before, but this is gross. So Cindy goes, let, let, let me deal with it. So I'm like, all right, you deal with it, but you go tell them that, you know what, I'm going to leave. I'm this close to leaving. She's like, I, I will, no problem. So she go, goes up to deal with it. You know how she deals with it? She goes up and she says to the lady at the front counter, she goes, you know what? Um, our room hasn't been uh, cleaned from the year before there, from the summer season, from the winter season there. And um, would, you, would you mind giving me some bleach and some gloves and some sheets and some towels and this kind of stuff? So Cindy comes back with all this stuff and she gets on her hands and knees and starts scrubbing. I'm like, that's what you call dealing with it? Come on! And sure enough, she's just working hard away. I'm like, you know, I am furious. And I hate to tell this part of the story because, you know, again, if you don't understand, you, you, you're going to think that I'm, I'm some greedy guy. But at the end, they give you a little honorarium for, for speaking and stuff. And when I spoke 11 times, and they gave me an honorarium. And I'm just like, are you serious? Like, the honorarium, I think, worked up to 25 bucks per session. And it's kind of like, I drove like six hours to this camp with no mileage and for 25 bucks a session? Like, this is ridiculous. I'm like, I will never come to this camp again. Forget it. And Cindy's like, Lance, stop it. We need to learn to trust the Lord. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. My friends, who pays your paycheck? Because if you're a hireling, then you work for money, you work for your employer, and things are going all right. But if you truly believe that the Lord has got you in the palm of his hand, then when all of a sudden something happens, and maybe you lose your job, maybe something detrimental happens, you can step back in faith and say, it's okay. We're going to be all right because God's got me. I'm not devastated because the Lord has me. And Cindy just said, Lance, come on. Remember, we've seen it time and time again. God's going to look after us. Who pays your salary, Lance? I'm shut up. But I honor you, bless you, love you. And then sure enough, the Lord just does things that blow me away. You know what? Most of you know that, that God gave me a brand new truck this year. And it's kind of like, God, I don't deserve that, Lord. Like, Lord, how do you say thank you to that? But yet again, when you understand that it's not that person that gave me the truck, it's God. Because you know what? I think I'm a pretty generous person, but I'm not going to give a truck away. But if all of a sudden the Lord puts something in my heart, then we can be obedient to the presence of the Lord and say, God, okay, I will. Because you've asked me to, and I say, yes, Lord, here I am. It's totally a different way of thinking. It's an upside-down kingdom. How big is your God? Do we dishonor honor and honor dishonor? So then how does David go from the bottom as a shepherd boy to a king? 
See, I believe the Lord tells us that he was a man after God's own heart. And for him to become a man after God's own heart, he would have had to have mastered honor. Matthew 16 in the message says, here it is again, the great reversal. Many of the first end up last and the last first. Honor is something that we need to model, but yet it's tricky, isn't it? Because honor is never going to be tested publicly. It's going to be tested privately. You know what? All of a sudden, it's happened to every single one of us in this room. You go to a Sobeys or you go someplace and you, you buy your groceries and you walk out and then you get in your car and you look at your bill and you're like, man, that just didn't seem right. You look at your bill and you realize that they forgot to charge you for a few things and you're like, yes! <laughs> Bonus! And all of a sudden the Holy Spirit says, what are you doing? I want you to go back to Sobeys and show them that they didn't charge you for things. Then the battle begins, doesn't it? Oh, God, well... It's, I'm already out my car, it's cold. I don't want to have to walk all the way back in there, Lord, and give them some money back. Like, come on, I'm sure I've overpaid for so many things over the years that it, 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 they de I deserve this. Oh, Lord, it's, come on, it's a pack of gum that they didn't charge me for. If really, if I go back in there now, they're going to think I stole it. And I don't want to give that impression, so let's just, I'm free, let's just go. My friends, your honor is going to be tested. Will you be found faithful? You know, another one of those lessons from St. Cindy drives me crazy. We shop at Sobeys and at Sobeys. How many people shop at Sobeys here? Know what I'm talking about. All right. And you know at Sobeys you get that little Sobeys card and after you spend, every time you spend money, they give you Sobe points. And after you get so many points, you get five bucks of groceries. You know what I'm talking about? Well, Cindy says to me, she says, Lance, like, uh, instead of us spending, every time you get five bucks, just throw it onto the grocery bill and get the $5 discount, let's save it up. I'm like, oh, really? What do you want to save it up for? She says, well, every year we go to Fairmont with our kids. Wouldn't it be great if we could go to Fairmont, we'll shop at the Sobeys there, and, like, on our holiday, we'll have, to, we'll have no money for groceries? I'm like... That sounds like a great idea. So I'm like, let's do it. So we're watching this thing, and it's going up. It's 75 85 90 Ooh, it's $95 now. And all of a sudden, one day, I get a phone call from Cindy. She goes, honey, I, I lost my card. I don't know where it is. She goes, it was right here. She says, but I'm at the Sobeys uh, checkout now. She says, would you, would you give me your card number? So yeah, I read it off to her, da 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 da, -da. They type it in, and it comes, back, uh, it comes back through, and it's like, you have zero Sobe dollars. It's like, she, he must have given me the wrong card number. So we looked at it, and then uh, and when I got home, we looked at it, and I gave her the right card number, and she goes back up to Sobeys, and she looks for her Sobeys card, and she finds it in the garbage pail. You see, what happened is she had it on her keychain, and as she put it in her purse or whatever, it snapped off, and it fell on the ground. And somebody picked it up and said, oh, I wonder if there's anything on this. And they went and they checked it, and sure enough, there's $90 on there. And they're like, I'd like to use this towards my groceries. And they took $90 from my family. They took money from my babies, food from my mouth. And I wasn't happy. Oh, I tell you, I, I, I was going to write a letter. That's what I was going to do. When I write a letter, look out. 
And I wanted Sobeys to know that, listen, when it's like 90 bucks worth of gro- groceries and you, you type in the number and it says Lance Steves and someone shows up who's not Lance Steves, you need to check ID. Sobeys, you owe me 95 bucks is what you owe me. So I'm going to steal meat and make up the $95 worth of meat. That's what I'm going to do. And Cindy's like, Lance, honey, honey, honey. Like, just let it go. I can't let it go. That's $95. Let it go. God has got us, Lance. Why do you keep bringing him into it? All right, fine. I'll let it go. But I, I, whoever took that card made a choke on the food. Let, stop it. Maybe they need it more than us. They don't. And about two weeks after that, Cindy walks up to the mall with, with Liberty. And she's going through the checkout. She's got a little bit of groceries. And, and her total came to 98 bucks. And Liberty and this lady was, were, were talking. And they're talking back and forth. And then the lady says to Cindy, she says, you know what, um, she says, I'm just kind of feeling something right now. She goes to the cashier, if you don't mind, just remove the white thing. I'm just going to pay for all the groceries. And Cindy, Cindy looks at her, she's like, we have no idea who this lady is. And Cindy goes, oh, my goodness. Like, I don't even know what to say. And Liberty says, mommy, you say thank you. <laughs> when you trust God... He's going to provide for you. He's going to provide for your family. But we need to honor honor. We need to have honor at the core of who we are. My friends, let's stop dishonoring honor and honoring dishonor. For when we do it, it hinders God's ability to be able to promote us to the next level. Ephesians 6.1 says, Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. For this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. Do you know what the promise is? The promise is long life. You want a long, prosperous life? The Bible lays out all kinds of principles for us to be able to honor. Tithing. Honoring our parents walking in that place of of just calling on the name of the Lord. And we do that, all of a sudden things start to work and it's like, God, you are amazing, Lord. You know, not this last fast, but the fast before that, I was in prayer. And the Lord really started talking in my heart about the whole thing of honor. And you see, quite often... When, when someone passes away, we have a funeral service and we say all kinds of nice things about them. Like, oh, I remember this person when they did this and I remember this and I remember that and this person did this and this person did that. But it's a little late now because they're dead and they can't hear it. And the Lord really impressed in my heart says, you know what, Lance, I want you to go down to Toronto and I want you to honor your mother and father with a blessing ceremony. And I'm like, okay, God. And I... I just started writing down some things, and God was sort of speaking to me, and I was just kind of jotting down some stuff. And, and you know what? My mom, my mom is with us today. She, my mom is in the second row here. And, and uh, my dad, I think he's probably in the back there uh, chatting up where he went home with Cindy. And, and um, you know, 
when I did that, I, I, I called my sister Nadine, and, and, and uh, I didn't even tell her I was going. And then she just kind of said something. I said, yeah, I just really feel that I need to go to Ontario and do this. And she's like, what? What are you doing? And I kind of said, I just really feel that I need to honor mom and dad. I just really need to have a, a, an honoring ceremony where I just declare that, you know what? Thanks, guys. And um, I surprised them, and I flew down there. But my sister surprised me, and she said, I want to I I do this too. And the two of us flew out from the west to the east, and my mom and dad were, we had it all set up. They were at their pastor's house for supper one night, and we just kind of walked into the living room, and, and I brought some gifts with me, and I just did an honoring ceremony to be able to speak life over mom and dad. You know what, guys? It's important. Some of us don't know how to honor because our lives have been so filled with dysfunction. But I believe that the Holy Spirit will teach you I believe it's really important to be able to honor. You know, every once in a while, my, my, my family and I, we just, as dad and mom and, and grandparents, we just do blessings over our children. You know what? Is it anyone's birthday in this room today or within this last week? You know, you had a birthday, anyone? No birthdays around here? What about the last two weeks? You had a birthday? John? John, come on up here, John. I'm going to ask uh, Nickersons to come on up and give me a hand with this. Just have a seat here, John. Ladies and gentlemen, let's just give John Camp a Cold Lake welcome this morning. Oh. You know, John has served diligently on our board. And um, I just sure appreciate John and his family and the legacy that they've left uh, for us. And uh, they're just fantastic. And, And I just... I just asked the Nickersons, like we didn't do this in the first service, but in, in the second service, I just want to show you how simple it is to be able to speak a blessing over somebody. You know, whether it be your kids, whether it be your mom and dad, whether it be someone, who's, uh, someone who the Lord has dropped in your heart. You know, like, I, you know, I was able to bless Huxley this morning and, and just to kind of step out in that place and just say, you know what, I just want to... I just want to bless you. I just want to speak right into your spirit this morning. Three minutes? We can get this done in three minutes. John, my brother, you stand up. John, I bless you as a father. I bless you as a father to this church, to the many children that you have blessed over the years that you've been with us and wherever you have been. You are a stand-up citizen of not only Cold Lake, uh, but of Canada. You have the Father heart of God, and I bless you for that. And I also bless you, John, for your future and your destiny that God has put onto you. you. We bless you with a sound mind, a beautiful heart for people, and I bless you as a grandfather, right? And a father to all nations, I bless you for that. Because, John, you totally have been blessed in your family mm-hmm. with your uh, children, beautiful wife. You have been blessed with the respect of this congregation and people around this area of Cold Lake right. for what you have done, you. what you stand for. Mm-hmm. And you were so blessed with a great mind. Mm-hmm. You are blessed also, John, as... Just the man that God made you to be. Mm-hmm. 
He knows every hair on your head, colored or otherwise. It's right? It's natural. And from the top of your head to the soles of your feet, you are truly walking with the Lord. And we bless you for that. And for your destiny, John, you know where you've got to be. You are blessed with that in your heart. You know the narrow path to take. You are not like the rest of those that walk the wide path from curb to curb. You are on the narrow road following Christ. And you are so blessed in that. And as you go through your years, you will be blessed with health. You are blessed with sound mind, an open heart, compassion for people. And as just one that has followed you over these 10 years that I've been with this church, since Hayward took over, I am blessed to call you my brother and a friend. So in the name of Christ, we just bless you as a man of God, and may you always follow him and keep your eyes on the narrow path. In Jesus' name. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Whose birthday? When was your birthday? 11th of February. You know what, John? I, uh, again, just Holy Spirit was just kind of speaking to me as they were blessing you. And, uh, John, I just really sense in my, in my spirit that, uh, you know, that there's some unfulfilled destiny in your life. That, uh, you know, you've, you've, you and I have talked in the natural that uh, you just want to be a guy who carries people's suitcases. And I believe that the Lord is, is preparing you right now to be able to, to serve, to be able to step into that place that you've longed for. And, uh, and you, you are going to speak with an authority, a new authority. You're going to speak with an, a respect and uh, with, the, with the confidence. And, uh, and people are going to just drink from your well because your well has been proved to be faithful and pure. So I bless you this morning. Yeah. Jesus' mother one day came to Jesus during the wedding in Canaan. And says, son, you have something to do. The host, of the, the host is out of wine, and this is an embarrassment. Let's see in John chapter 2, verse 4, how he replies. Jesus says to her, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? For my hour has not yet come. See, many theologians look at this and think that, you know, and, and have stated that, that Jesus' response was not one of respect. You know what? You don't say to your mother, woman, what does this have to do with me? My time has not come. You know, as a son with a mother in the second row, if I said to her, woman, what does your request have to do with me? She would still submit me to this day. I would tap in no time. Yes. But let's see how Jesus' mom responds to this. He says in verse 5, his mother says to the servants, do whatever he tells you to do. That doesn't make sense. See, he just said to his mom, woman, what does this concern have to do with me? My time has not come. And then her response is to the servants, listen, do whatever he's telling you to do. He's saying, I'm not going to help. He's saying, what are you bothering me for this? My time has not yet come. And then what does he do? He turns the water into wine. 
Why? I believe that in the very foundation, Mary knew that Jesus was honor. And his mother asked him to do a request. And he says, Mother, I'll honor you. Psalms 26.8 says, I love your sanctuary, Lord, the place where your glorious presence dwells. How many in this room this morning love his sanctuary? Do you love just sitting in the presence of God? Then you know what, my friends? We need to learn to sniff out dishonor. We need to sniff it out in our church. We need to sniff it out in our homes. We need to sniff it out in our businesses. You know what? All the time things happen like, you know what, Brother Lance? I just want you to know that Brother Mike, he's a bit of a troublemaker, that guy. You know what? I think that um, he calls himself holy, but really he's not very holy, and I know why. Yeah, you know what, Brother Lance, that sister Jean, she looks like the sweetest little lady ever, but you know what? I know her past. She's a dining dasher. (laughs) If you don't know what I'm talking about, ask one of the ladies who went to their conference. (laughs) So you cannot make her on the prayer team because she has unforgiven sin in her life. When that kind of opportunity comes up, you have, an, you have the, the, the door is open for you to sit there and do nothing and just say, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Or to say, wait a minute. You know what? I don't, I don't, I love you, but I don't appreciate you talking to Jean Steele that way because I love her. I, I don't appreciate you talking to Mike that way because you know what? Mike's been bought with a price and he's a man of God. In your homes. Dad, you need to come home and you need to stand with your wives. Fathers, mothers, we have to be on the same page. For if we're not, we're not honoring one another. And man, I tell you, having three kids, they're, they're everywhere. And sometimes you think you're having a private conversation, but you ain't. Why, that lazy husband of mine, I've been wanting this pantry door fixed for a month. Now it's still not fixed. He's good for nothing, lazy slob. That's all he is. Oh, dad's a good for nothing, lazy slob. Okay, I got it. Oh, that wife of mine, nag, 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 nag. She won't leave me alone about the closet door. My goodness. Shut up, woman. Oh, okay, we can talk to mom that way. I, I, I get it. See, just this last week, Cindy called me over and she says, Lance, come here, I want to talk to you. And I, I walked over. She was with one of my daughters. And she says, Lance, she's been disrespecting me in the last week here and I've had enough. And it's time for a punishment to happen. And I, you know what I'm going to say? I'm going to say no sugar for three days. What do you think, Dad? Now, I have a great opportunity there as a dad because she's put the ball back in my court. I can say, what do I think? I think you're crazy. Three days with no sugar? Come on. She's not, it's not like she's swearing at you. Relax, woman. Like, you know what? You're all right. You seem a little bit antsy. Is it the time of month right now? We laugh, but we do it, don't we? 
we have to be on the same page. I need to support my wife. And you know how I handled that situation? I said, really? You've been disrespecting your mother, eh? All right. So, Mom, you think that she should be off sugar for three days. Is that correct? That is correct. I say five. Honey, I just, honey, I just said three days with no sugar. Yeah, I know what you said. But you don't disrespect my wife. In this house, we practice honor. And when you talking to your mom that way is unacceptable. Do you understand? And all of a sudden, it's like, yes, Daddy, I understand. Mom, and she broke. I'm so sorry. Husbands, support your wives. Do you honor honor or do you dishonor honor? Wives, support your husbands. Do you honor honor or do you dishonor honor? Husbands, cover your wives. Wives, lift up your husbands. The society, the world is changing so quickly. There used to be TV shows like uh, Father Knows Best. And then it went from Father Knows Best to Leave It to Beaver. How many people remember Leave It to Beaver? That Eddie Haskell, that's where dishonor started coming in. And then it went to Brady Bunch, which is a little bit more dysfunctional. And then you know what? Pretty much every sitcom that you watch right now, the husband is a stupid, no good guy. And the family walk right over him because he's an idiot. Look at the Simpsons. We need to watch what we're filling our lives with. We need to honor, honor. You know, there was a prophetic word given. I said in the first service that it was, uh, that uh, James Dobson said this, but I was corrected. It was uh, Rick Joyner who actually said this. He says, you know what? For years, society has been disrespecting the fathers and stepping in that place of just saying, you know what, the idiot dad, the stupid dad. But now, there's going to be an attack coming against the mothers, and you watch. More and more shows are going to be coming against moms. Moms don't know anything. And then he used for an example, and I've never seen it before, but he uses for an example Desperate Housewives. So I don't know what the show is about or whether they, if it, they disrespect moms or, or that kind of a thing in there. But we need to honor, honor. We need to have that as the very foundation of who we are. Team, would you come? In Malachi chapter 1, verse 6, some of you would say Malachi, but I call it Malachi, the first Italian prophet. Malachi 1.6, the first Italian prophet says, The Lord of heaven's army says to the priest, A son of honor, his father, and a servant represents his, respects his master. If I am your father and your master, where's my honor and the respect I deserve? You have shown contempt for my name. See, in this church we talk about all the time that God is grace, God is love, God is mercy, that you know what, no matter what you've done in your life, that, that no sin will ever separate you from God, that God loves you and he wants to fill that void in your life right now to come into a, a personal relationship with you. That is absolutely 100% correct. But there's a flip side to the coin. And you know what the flip side is? 
said, he's still God. He is the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and end. He is our everything. He's not just some little God up there that we just kind of talk, talk to on Sundays. He's not just some kind of a being out there that, you know what, when we have troubles, we run to him. He is God. When you honor God, he will honor you. But I believe that he's looking at our nation right now and saying, where's my honor? When you worship him on Sunday morning, do you come in just like, hurry up, Gord. Hit the first chord because I need to tell the Lord how much I love him. Or is it just your practice just to kind of saunter in and grab your coffee and, you know what, maybe if I get here a little bit late, the, 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 the worship will be almost done so we can get on with the good stuff. Worship is an opportunity for us to stand in that place and say, God, I worship you in spirit and in truth. And God, I don't want to miss a breath. Let every breath praise the Lord. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. In conclusion, I'd like to leave you with this scripture this morning, 1 Samuel 2.30. Therefore, the Lord of God of Israel says, I promise that your branch of the tribe of Levi would always be my priest. But... I will honor those who honor me and I will despise those who think lightly of me. As the team leads us in this next song, Be My Everything, let's not just offer God lip service, but let's really pray and say, God, I want everything in my life. I need to be so filled with you. If you'd like prayer this morning, I'd love to pray with you. The altars are always open. Perhaps this morning I'm speaking a dangerous message because it's countercultural. But I believe the key to success here in Cold Lake is that not that we build a big church, but we build a healthy church. And when we build a healthy church, people will be attracted because there's something genuine happening here at the church. And our foundation is Christ Center Spirit led. Love, honoring, genuine, empowering, and impacting. As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. As a dad, it's my role to be able to lay out the best foundation I can and then trust the Lord to be able to provide the rest. Would you stand with your feet? And let's just ask the Holy Spirit... That God, do I honor honor or am I dishonoring honor? Bless you. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Holy Community Church, a place where families come together.